So, Rodney, we've got uh, another review to read. Another one. Another one. Uh, another so, one. Yes, as, as DJ Khaled would say. <laughs> is that is that what he says? Yeah. I know. I the only things I another know about one. DJ Khaled are another what, one are the things I've learned from you. Yeah. Um, which is few and far between. Uh, anyhow, <laughs> yeah, I'm a DJ Khaled uh, historian. I don't know if people realize this. <laughs> yeah, I feel like that's an easy job. Yeah, probably. All right, so they yell. Never mind. Do it. No, I don't want to. Okay. I started to do it, and then I realized that I, I don't want to do that. Well, so far you do is scream D. <laughs> so. D. Just D. All right, so the review says, uh, well, if you're like me and spend way too much time trying to find something to watch, let the Down the Hall podcast uh, help you make up your mind. Great reviews. They got that. Mind-blowing theory about Pixar. They have that. Interviews with people in the industry. Yep. And phenomenal discussion between the hosts. Got that too. Wow. Man, harking all the way back to the uh, the Pixar Theory episode. Yeah, look at that. I almost forgot about that one. Yeah, it feels like I kind of dreamt that. Yeah, it was a, uh, what, that was a good, that was December, I think. Speaking of John Negroni, author of the Pixar Theory, he just wrote his first, or published his first novel and has agreed to come back on the show where we'll, we can talk about it with him. What was his novel about? It's called Killer Joy. I don't know what it's about. We're going to hear about that. All right, soon. cool. So probably do a giveaway where we can uh, give the book away to Awesome. Can I, t- can I get one? Uh, probably not. I think you should purchase it to support our friend, uh, our our acquaintance. <laughs> My friend, your acquaintance. Is that how that works? Yeah, if you go back and listen, I don't think you guys really agreed on things, on life. So Rodney, why are we, why are we here? Uh, we're here because uh, the average person spends 115 hours looking for something to watch. And we're spending far more than that looking for something to watch for you. So that way you can, you know, be on your day, be on your way. And be on your day. To make a better day. <laughs> yeah. That's what I say. Anything you need to be on, you can be on it. Uh, if, I couldn't think of a single other rhyme to keep going. But <laughs> you, DJ Khalid Wordsmith over here. Yeah. Uh, so the way we save people time, uh, instead of you wasting the 115 hours a year just looking for a movie, what we do is... Every Monday night, we provide a, a movie recommendation, uh, and we'll also give you a movie to avoid, which is fun. We'll find one that people are talking about and say, nope, not worth your time. Chet, I think you didn't trust that I was going to get to that part uh, fast enough. Uh, that You actually stole my lines. So What lines? Uh, all about the 115 hours, oh. our spiel. Yeah. Because now, I'm not going to answer, because I answered it last time. I'm okay. going to ask you. What would you do with 115 hours? Boy, um, well, uh, so I think I, I would try to learn the uh, perfect recipe for homemade chili. That's my answer this week. Uh, I, I think I would love to be the guy that when there's a group of people getting together for, I don't know, a football game or something to watch, that they're like, man, I hope Chet brings his, his chili that he makes, that that delicious homemade chili. where they the, I think chili the people is, come running. Do you feel like chili is a universal dish? No, uh, it's kind of a messy dish. It's kind of yeah. it's like a soup. It's very much like a soup. Yes, I know, it's, but like I don't know. It's hot. You don't really want hot food all the time. I like, didn't I say like all the soup. time. I didn't say all the time. You said like even at a cookout. I feel like cookouts. Warm I didn't say at stuff. a cookout. I didn't say a cookout. I oh, said okay. like watching a football game. That's usually cold weather. 
Well, I guess for us, not for not if you live in Miami. True, but it's like a winter sport. If you I live guess. in Miami, you've got nothing to watch anyway. What's the movie we're looking at tonight, Rodney? Uh, the movie we're looking at tonight is The Big Sick, a movie in theaters. Uh, which is a little different for us because usually we try to find movies that are more accessible via Netflix or Amazon Prime or whatever. Uh, but every once in a while, I think it's good to do one that's in the theaters. Especially one that's this good. I think we both watched it and both loved it instantly. All right, you ready to talk about it? Ready. Well, I don't know how you get a podcast, but you should look into it. Yes, of course, it's down the hall. Because I'm psyched. And here we go. So, like Rodney said, it's called The Big Sick. I'm sure you've heard something about it by now. Uh, Like I said, Rodney said it came out this year. The running time is two hours. It's a comedy romance. And I just was watching the trailer again as we were getting ready to do this episode. And somebody on the trailer said rom-coms have a new standard to live up to and i i think i really agree with that uh it's rated r uh like we said you can find it in theaters right now it has a pretty jam-packed cast uh so the main character is kumail nanjani yep you got it and uh zoe kazan it also has holly hunter and ray romano but as rodney's going to get into talking about the story one of the the main features of the movie is stand-up comedy so it's actually has other stand-up comedians in it, including Bo Burnham, A.D. Bryant, and Kurt Braunohler. Yeah. And it's directed by Michael Showalter. So, Rodney, what is this movie about? What's the feel? Why is it our movie night pick? Sure. So this movie is about uh, the true story, um, or at least based on a true story, of Kumail and uh, his wife Emily's um, kind of story uh, and how they they got together. And so um, it's pretty much about... Um, Kumail is, is fighting, um, you know, generations, <laughs> centuries of his culture, which is, um, you know, arranged marriage and he, you know, they've moved to the United States. He is not necessarily partaking in that, but as someone who wants to remain in his family, uh, and doesn't want to alienate, alienate himself from his family. And, um, you know, for fear that he's going to very much either offend them or, you know, have them, you know, you know, push him away from the family. He kind of participates in all of this, uh, you know, arranged marriage. There's a lot of these like family dinner scenes, like forced, forced dinner dates, right? Yeah. All the while he's actually, you know, falling in love, um, with this girl, Emily. And, um, you know, once she kind of finds out, even though they've had this very real relationship, he has not told his parents because that would be a very big deal. And, um, because she's white and is not Pakistani. And, um, that's right. She that, wasn't Pakistani. She was not. No, I don't know. Yeah. I guess you didn't that catch clears that. a lot of things. Up. You're welcome. Um, and she gets very ill. So Rodney's and, telling you things that are in the trailer. We're not giving away any spoilers yeah. here whatsoever. This yeah. it's called the big sick yep. because she gets sick and a uh, funny note on that. We're sitting next to these people in the theater and I don't think they understood what the movie was about because, as soon as the girl Emily starts to look sick, we this like older couple next to us, I hear them say, boy, she looks sick. <laughs> and I thought, there's a good chance. There's a good chance some way. Maybe they, maybe they knew the name and they didn't know who it was going to be. Like maybe they came in without having seen who it was going to be. Um, so anyway, I won't keep going line by line, but I feel like that's the, the setup, right? So the setup is she's in a medically induced coma. He's kind of there to, to really care for her. She, he's there in you know, some situations where she really needs him. Uh, he ends up kind of meeting and befriending her family. And if, if I could interject anything, I'd say, uh, going along with what Rodney said, um, half of the movie 
is about like him dating this this girl and his stand up comedy career, and it feels like the second half is more now that she's sick. How he then is interacting with her parents, who bring a whole other added element. Once you feel like the story is already established, they come into the picture, and it and it completely flips on its you know flips on its end. Who is Holly Hunter and Ray Romano, and that's a really great like it's a really great dynamic. I think with this movie, anyway, I'm going to transition now to just saying this movie has just a lot like scene after scene it's a different thing you know it's something different um whether it's him doing stand-up him with his stand-up friends him pursuing a stand-up career versus him in a relationship versus him with his parents versus him with her parents her parents every scene is different like there's so many different stories being told um all through his eyes but being done so really really effectively and i agree really you know he's very charming throughout so obviously kumail is playing the role of himself uh his wife is being played by another actress i'm wondering yeah, how that went over I, at i'm home. wondering what the conversation at home um, was about honey but, <laughs> we're having this uh great news the movie about our story it, it went through and uh believe it or not i'll be playing me wow great yeah. and uh you're gonna love the girl playing you she looks just like you yeah they just but like, she was but a like little, movie star version. You know, they just thought she was a little more uh, I'm going to stop there. Yeah. Um, so in any case, um, like you said, it, it's it's a I'm a romantic comedy fan, uh, as has been documented on this podcast. This, though, is the standard for romantic comedies. Like yeah, it the, feels a little different. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's where where other romantic comedies fall down in terms of cheesiness or in terms of um overly written overly scripted overly predictable this one does not fall into necessarily any of those traps it has it does have you wondering throughout what's going to happen how things are going to go um so many different explored relationships and so many different even like explored culture uh uh culturally um what's it how some people approach things versus how others do and yeah, so that's true that's there's a good point. there's so many different um what layers to the onion is yeah. that what they say uh, uh yeah. ogres are like onions yeah um, so i you know it's it's i agree everything you said rodney in in our listeners should know this movie's already being talked about early for best picture consideration for the oscars so i'm sure it's going to come up again uh, as we do our oscar crash course episode towards the end of the year the last thing i'll say holly hunter i i would not be surprised if we find out that she gets nominated for like best supporting actress or something, she was yeah. fantastic. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, I think really deserves that. Like I've only watched a few movies in my life where I left thinking, wow, that person really made the movie in that supporting role. Um, and I think she did a wonderful job. Um, and yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. Fantastically done movie all the way through. So the movie right now has an 8.1 on IMDb. Um, I gave it a 9. Uh, Chet, what did you give it? I gave it a 10. Yeah. It's crazy, man. We just did Midnight in Paris that I gave a 10 to. Uh, and so this is the 27th movie that we've done on this podcast. And I, the reason I look back is because I wanted to know how many 10s I gave because I feel like I don't give out many. And this is the fifth 10. Okay. Yeah, and we and I, we really only do like seven through ten. Anything below that, we wouldn't do an episode on. Second romantic comedy in a row that we're doing that was a ten. All yes. right, for the record, I know I get pegged as the rom com guy, but enough of what we think. What do the professionals have to say about this movie, Chet? Kate, 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 Kate. 
Double hate. Lose entirely. I like you a lot. Uh, well, I think I think what I'm going to ask you to do first, Rodney, is tell me the Rotten Tomatoes score because that always sets up, I think, a good backdrop for what the best and worst review end up being. Because if it's a really high score, the worst review can't be all that bad. Yeah, you you asked me to guess. You were looking at it, and I immediately said to myself, "Boy, I really hope it's above a 90." And I know that the movie Don't Think Twice which had kind of a lot of, you know, a cast of a lot of stand-up comedians in it, was a 99. So I hope it's not very far off from that. And I didn't guess this, but it, I guess somewhat close. It's a 97. Yeah, 97%. So way, way up there. So uh, let's look at the best and worst review. The worst comes from The Rap, which we've definitely had on the show before. Uh, it says, while The Big Sick isn't always a complete success, it's another film bearing the name of Judd Apatow that could stand to lose 15 or 20 minutes. It's the kind of sweetly funny love story that's so bizarre it has to be real. There's a part of me, I knew it was a long movie as we watched. I knew it was a long movie as we watched, but um, it's, I don't know. I, I Do I? Two hours, two hours doesn't feel too long. No, it doesn't feel that long. I get where, like, I think that's a fair, it's a fair thing to, to bring up. I mean, I think 15 minutes, like, there, it kind of continued to explore element. Like, I think that there's a couple different scenes that they could have ended on. Um, I think as people who both really love the movie, I think we are perfectly fine with them continuing yep. the story. Because, yep. you you know, there's sometimes, especially when you're really, really loving the movie, you know, I think there's something about just, like, just show me what happens next. Yeah. Just show me what happens next. Yeah, I get that. Um, the best review came from Screen Crush. <laughs> One of the best things about The Big Sick is that the obstacles facing this relationship are real and relatable. It's a funny movie, but it's about really serious stuff. Yeah, everything about it. Like, I, I think there's something about even him as a stand-up comedian. And maybe this is just me. I feel like there's something about stand-up comedians playing in movies, especially when they're playing themselves, that they just feel very genuine. And the fact that the movie's surrounding this very genuine character uh, and everything that he's doing um, really felt good. Yeah, which perfectly leads us into our topic for tonight. Do you really love the lamp or are you just saying it because you saw it? I love lamp. I love lamp. So the topic tonight is uh, favorite stand-up comedians turned actors or as Brick would say, stand-up comedians turned actors that we love like the lamp. Indeed. Um, yes. And I think we're saying, are we saying mostly a lead role? I guess we didn't really specify that. That's yeah, my I, su- own, I suppose. That's my own criteria, at least. Do you have one in mind? I mean, it's hard for me. I know that it feels like I'm mailing it in to some degree by, by going with this one. But I feel like Kumail did. I, granted, he's doing his own life. So um, I'll throw that out there as a very big caveat for anyone who wants to cri- to be critical of this choice. But I think if you haven't seen this movie it's hard to not be completely taken with his performance of himself. I would agree. Kamel, Kamel was unbelievable in this. And again, I gave it a 10. Uh, so anyway, so Nirma from Rhode Island says Amy Poehler. I'm so, I look that you want to get me mad. Amy, what's it, the matter? I mean, Amy Poehler's pretty good. And to, I mean, she, especially if you were to say like Parks and Rec, I know we're not necessarily talking, oh, you know, Amy TV Poehler. or movie. I was thinking Amy Schumer. Oh, yeah, no, you're wrong. Oh, man. Yeah. Amy Poehler, I'm sorry. Amy Poehler's from, from Boston. 
Yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. No, I was confused. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to everyone. Like the idea that I confuse anyone else with with Amy Schumer. Uh, that's embarrassing. That's like that's Amy on Schumer's me. had some. That's my B. lead roles. A few, yeah. Uh, Julianne from from Michigan. I guess I should say first. Amy Poehler's great, especially in Parks and Rec. I feel she's like fantastic. you're you're uh, you're you're compensating. Have you up. seen Inside Out? Uh, yeah, she does. The, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Great. Anyway, uh, Julianne from Michigan. She says Tim Allen. It's kind of like a little Allen. a little older school. I mean, I think they're definitely Tim Allen. So Chet, you know my appreciation for movies that are just okay, not great. Um, like I, there's a, I have a soft spot for yes, some of those. Yes, you do. And so I can say like Santa Claus, well, that's, that's a great, great. that's that great. great, which is a great one. But Toy then like, great what about too. man of the house with Jonathan Taylor Thomas? Nope. Didn't probably still loved it. Probably. Um, missed it. you know, so there, there's a lot of, there's a lot of Tim Allen. I, I, I have a, I have a decent appetite for Tim Allen movies. April from Massachusetts. I think you know her, Rodney. Oh uh, yeah. Uh, so she says Mike Birbiglia. Mike Birbiglia. So from Don't Think Twice. Yeah, we're 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 big Mike Birbiglia fans. Boy, I couldn't get his name out. I've seen him in seen him do stand up, and uh, I feel also like from him. Massachusetts. Yeah, but he's also in a lot of different smaller roles uh, in addition to his movie. Rich from South Dakota says Robin Williams. That's that's my answer. I think Robin Williams because yeah, he started out in, doing stand up and then broke into the industry doing mostly comedic roles but then as his career progressed he did a wide range of types of roles and it's hard to not say he's king that's i couldn't agree more i i kind of forgot about robin i i think of him as an incredible actor not as a stand-up comedian so that's that couldn't be a better answer i don't know that there is a better answer i mean some of the other ones that i know people had said i mean jerry seinfeld kevin hart um but ellie from virginia said tina fey and uh, Justin from Zengdis said Tracy Morgan. Tracy Morgan. I mean, is he mostly TV roles? I think so. Yeah. You know, one I, I don't want to forget is, is Kevin James. I love Kevin yeah, James. Kevin James um, is, is a great... I, you know. Well, you know, I don't. I can't say that any of his movies are especially great, but he's just... King of, the, um, King of Queens is great. Yeah. And he is a hysterical person. Yeah, and he's a very, uh, to me, a heartwarming person. Always love him as Albert Brenneman in Hitch. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, he's 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 a level like lovable loser kind of. Yeah. So tell us what your favorite stand up comedians turned actors are. Uh, you can comment on this on uh, on our website downthehallpodcast dot com and join that conversation. But we are about to get into the movie to avoid for the week. There's an old saying in Tennessee. I know it's in Texas, probably in Tennessee. That says, "Fool me once, shame on shame on you. If fool me, we can't get fooled again." So the movie to avoid this week is, I mean, it's a little different because I think we actually liked this movie a little bit, but it's not one that we would ever recommend for a movie night. And that's the whole point of this. Uh, we often dig through lists that you're probably looking at yourself when you're looking at best movies that are on Netflix right now or top streaming movies. And we go through those lists. We'll watch a lot of those and, and we'll tell you what we think are worth it and what aren't. This one is called The Invitation. Yeah, I would say it's um it's. It's a movie that's done pretty well for it's like an indie movie. Um, I think it will get you wrapped wrapped up in it. It's just the, it's got elements missing, and particularly the ending is missing. And I think also 
a little bit the believability potentially of the premise um you know, basically the main character and i guess like his girlfriend are driving to this dinner party mm-hmm. where it's being hosted by a bunch of old friends presumably yes. from college who haven't seen each other maybe in a while yep and once they get there something's not fully right he begins to be kind of get paranoid about all these different aspects of the dinner party and just it, it's just there's just tension all the way throughout so there's kind of like a cool story it brings you into yeah and I I don't think that the the premise really got paid off towards yeah, the end. Correct. Right? It was I would just say odd. at least like at least a half of the movie is an eight for me. The yeah, build, I agree with like that. the buildup of the movie is at least an eight. I think it ends on a two, and it ends just you know it 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 doesn't end like it doesn't end smoothly. It doesn't end in any way that a great movie ends. It ends in the way that most terrible movies go about the business of just like banging you over the head with the ending and you just kind of go wait but why right i mean i I, it's you know if you're gonna watch it go ahead and watch it but for us we just can't recommend it as a movie night in fact i think we'd say it's probably one to avoid if you're looking at those lists of best movies on netflix i don't think it really belongs next to the prestige and some of these other movies that are up there no on these same lists but if you do have like we're already saving you time so if you do if you're saying like you know what i've got an extra hour and a half that i want to now waste on a movie put this one on if you want to see what a movie that is an eight for half and you know nowhere close to an eight for the other half rodney are you ready for our newest segment that we just introduced i'm ready i do i know what this is you 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 knew what this was you i should know <laughs> let's get ready to Oh, yes. We've, yes. So, in one corner. I've gone out of my way to not see these. I remember now, but I'm actively, as you have told me, you want it to be a surprise for me. Don't look on Twitter when you do the poll. I just don't want you to be preemptive in any way. So, I I, want this to be top of mind answers for you. So, I'm I'm appreciative. I'm appreciative of you uh, doing your best to avoid it. Not doing extra work. So, in, in one corner, weighing in at 175 pounds. At about six feet tall, Chris Pine. Okay. And in the other well corner... Well-built Wonder Woman. <laughs> you know, he was well-built in Wonder Woman, that's what I'm saying, as you're laughing at me. And in the other corner, coming in at six foot two, approximately 190 pounds, Ryan Reynolds. Now, here's the catch. The stakes of this fight, it, it's basically coming down to the winner gets to have the last bit of hair product. Ryan Reynolds I, versus Chris Pine. Who wins? So I'm going to go, you know, reach is a big thing in fights. And so I think when you're 6'2 versus what, he's six feet tall? Yeah, it looks like, I, I think Chris Pine's about six feet. Yeah. Ryan Reynolds, six. So two. I think the two inches are going to, so my top of mind answer is Ryan Reynolds. Because okay. I also think, though they both have that pretty boy element, you know, because I was going to play that off of Chris Pine with the other person. I think there's something grittier about Ryan Reynolds. I Definitely. Know, I don't know if it's just his comedy. I feel like I feel like he spent time. Maybe it's just me. Remember the movie Just Friends where he also played the fat the fat version of yes. himself? Yes. Maybe it's like in my head I think he's had experiences where he's got pent up anger. Who do you think's been in the most fights? Ryan Reynolds. You think? I think he's an angrier person. I think this is the answer right here. If they were to make if they were to remake Fight Club, mm-hmm. I think Chris Pine plays plays Ed Norton's character and Ryan Reynolds probably 
plays Brad Pitt's character. Yeah, agreed. I agreed. think right there, that's yeah, the answer. That's 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 a great answer. And um, yeah, I think I don't know. I there's something about knowing Ryan Reynolds is Deadpool too that makes me think like yeah, I feel he's like he's just this the... scarred up guy that really wants to really wants to wreck havoc. So how do you think the listeners voted, Rodney? I had the poll up for not even a, not really a full day, uh, just from this afternoon. I mean, they both have superhero credentials. Um, hmm. Well, I guess Chris Pine isn't really. I'm going to say that he's not that a superhero. They, he's Captain Kirk. Yeah, though. yeah. He leaned. I'm going to say they leaned Chris Pine. I'm going to say that the the voters voted 58 percent Chris Pine. So it's 61 percent in favor of Ryan Reynolds. Oh man. Yes. Well, no, they're correct. They're correct. I just didn't trust our our fans. I guess. Well, we appreciate all of you. I trust you. Um. So you know, I'll take care of you. Uh. And uh. In, in the meantime, we can just tolerate Rodney together. All right, so if you're hearing music now, it does not mean the episode's completely over. What we're doing next is we're going to talk through our favorite scenes from The Big Sick. We don't want to spoil anything for anyone, especially since it's so new and it's in theaters. Uh, But we do want to remind you to check out our website, downthehallpodcast.com, where you can scroll down to the bottom of the page and you can recommend a movie for us right there. And if we agree with you that it's worth movie night, then we'll do an episode on it and we'll give you that shout out. So we've been building a community of people who are helping us take back movie night. You can also find us on Checked Out in Jersey on Mondays at 8 p.m. We we join them for a Facebook Live, and if you don't catch it there, uh, if you subscribe to their podcast, you can also catch us on those episodes because they do turn them all into podcast episodes. I told you not to give details. Yeah, well, you're the one who gave me the details. Chet, are we ready for the, the spoily scenes? Gross. Ooh, Rodney just said spoily. Wow. If you've uh, been listening to the show for a while, you have know that I- I've cut that out of my uh, my verbal diet just to please I wanted Rodney. you to just hear it just so that way you could realize how gross it was. It got me excited. I'm pumped up. Yikes. I, I was don't like, even, I don't want to know what gets I'm you I'm ready going. to go, man. This is great. Spoily. I like it. Um, Rodney, what's your favorite scene from this movie? Boy, there's a lot. Uh, I'm not stalling. There are a lot. I love the conversation. I love when Kumail invites Ray Romano, who is Emily's dad, over um, and just has him like crash there. And then Ray Romano basically wants to get certain things off of his chest. Even though Kumail is sitting there in bed, like they, they're both on air mattresses and he really wants nothing to do with it. You know, so it's, it, it's again, it's not like an overly done it's one of those examples of like, oh, this is really true to life where someone is trying to share something. And the other person in this case kind of doesn't want to hear it and is kind of getting him to, you know, want him to stop. So that he it's this really sentimental conversation. But also in the meantime, they they embed comedy because they poke fun at the idea that in one of these scenes, someone always has something smart yeah, to say. It's so funny. And it's too. in the trailer. But I thought. You know, I'm almost upset that it was in the trailer because it's a great, I hadn't seen the trailer beforehand and it's a great moment where I forget what he, what did he say? Oh, Ray Romano. He's, uh, he's, he's talking to, to Kumail and he says, you know, love is the hardest thing in the world and that's why they call it love. And Kumail says, I don't really get that. Like, yeah, I, I just thought if I started saying something, it would sound smart. (laughs) And I, I think my favorite part about that is just like that whole idea. Maybe it's because also I've started, I think I've said some smart things in my life, but I far more often have started to say things and then it's like, ah, nothing, no wisdom is coming out right now. 
Yeah, you start out in an eight and ended up at a two. Like exactly. Like, the invitation. like people are like, "Ooh, here come." Nope, that makes no sense. <laughs> yeah, I think my favorite scene also has to do with uh, with his with Kumail speaking with one of the the parents, and that's Holly Hunter, which would be uh, you know Kumail's significant other's mom. And there's this there's this really great scene where they're uh, they they've kind of gone through some stuff now, and they, the walls are broken down, and they're having this real heart to heart conversation where all the tension is gone. And I think they're just like, I think they're even like stress eating. They're just eating all these like chips and stuff. Cause they're kind of waiting on these results, the medical results, all of the buildup, all of the dissension that had been kind of created between Kumail and the parents around sort of the, the sickness of, of their daughter uh, just goes out the window. And it's funny how things like that are able to break down people's walls and, and sort of bring people together in a way that, you know, as people experience traumatic things, it definitely changes their perspective on on each other and and just things around them for good or bad. I don't know, but in this case, it was good and it was a really cool scene. Uh, so, but I mean, this like Rodney said, this movie is completely full with amazing scenes, with great acting performances, whether it be from the the stand up comedians who who are sort of the comic relief at points, but like also the sounding board for for Kamel's character or his family dynamic or her family dynamic and. Just throughout the whole thing, I was completely, completely uh, entranced. Yeah. And it, no hesitation to give it a 10. No, and um, I think to the last thing, just to touch on both that scene and this movie um, throughout, is in these scenes, they're very believable. Or, like, they, it feels like you really are watching a conversation happen between two real people. You know, so there's something that's really satisfying about this movie because it there it just feels genuine all the way throughout. And I don't necessarily know how to pinpoint that. And I think if, if people could, if people knew how to do that, then they would do it for every movie. But I think this is a movie with just such genuine emotion and such genuine acting that it it just feels like really real throughout. Completely agree. So you can find us on Twitter at Down the Hall Guys. You can email us if you wish, down the hall podcast at gmail.com. But I think the preferred way is going to down the hall podcast.com, where again, you can scroll down and recommend a movie for us right there. We hope that you join us again next Monday, and we hope that you are helping others take back movie night. I'm Chet. That's, Ro- That's I'm Rodney. I'm God, why? <laughs> I'm starting to answer your lines. I just realized what the problem is. What's the problem? Because I think you used to always say, I'm Chet, that's Rodney. And now I'm just, I'm like a, just like a parrot. <laughs>